0: Welcome back to the Keen Late Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast. Now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming in live from Chicago, Illinois, in the middle of my basement on a nice rainy day here in Chicago, the great city.
1: The the big the big windy windy yep. the big and,
0: dreary and that person to my right is someone who has been on a long time suspension from this podcast. You might remember him on the earlier days when we were recording at Beguile Brewery, which might actually come back into play here very soon. Oh, fascinating! Fascinating. Turn of events, but uh, the man from downtown. So a, I was, was a long shot uh, <laughs> from halfway court of the United Center, who now travels to Wisconsin to claim his fame of whiskey and territorial response of dominating the entire whiskey world. Learning from the spirit Sherpa of this podcast,
1: Matt Brown. So. I was on suspension, so what was the World Whiskey Day podcast? Was that furlough? Was I allowed out of,
0: yeah, that's a, good way of a day put, pass? that's a good way of putting it, since we had um, the boss of your company on. We allowed, that's true. Yeah, we allowed you just a little exemption Exemption uh, from your suspension, so yeah.
1: Got it. So, that was to what? Having Including me on that podcast was so I wouldn't make a scene because my boss got on the podcast and not me.
0: And we were also in public.
1: Got it. You felt safer? (laughs) A little
0: bit. (laughs) But uh, I missed the comedic timing that you and I have
1: together while on that podcast. It is something. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time. I brought it back. Yeah, thank you. Man, I was telling people who enjoyed the podcast, the look you gave me when... um... <laughs> Who's our colleague who works for um, Woody Creek again? Uh, Lucas. Lucas. I like Lucas a lot. So sorry, yeah. sorry to forget your name, uh, just for a moment. Lucas. I don't think he listens. And good thing I re- uh, said this other stuff about forgetting his name, so you can't edit it out. Me forgetting his name, right? Anyways, so Lucas, um, the look you gave me when Lucas mentioned the name of Woody Creek's head distiller, which is of course uh, Dave Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> the look you gave me. Um, imploring me please do not say anything about his name it lasted about a minute and a half longer than i thought it would yeah i you stalled well i was looking for a good (laughs) phrase to sing in a dave matthews voice Mm. so anyways thanks for having me back dave matthews band played in chicago the other day they did you know what two shows we are approaching (laughs) august 8th the anniversary of dave matthews band tour bus Emptying out their oh. septic tank on the Kinsey Avenue Bridge. What a day, Kinsey indeed! Street <laughs> a, My favorite day. Yeah, so mark your calendars, guys. August eighth. It's the DMB tour bus poop, poop, poop date. Speaking of bridges in Chicago, do
0: you know you can now walk all the way east on the south side of the Riverwalk um, to the piers?
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: it opened it up. So you can go underneath Lakeshore Drive and go all the way there. So for all of you people out there that don't live in Chicago, but you're looking for a nice little tourism day, head on over to uh, the Riverwalk, stop by the Northmen, our friends there, and have a drink, watch some music, and then walk further east past the Northmen and go to uh, look at Navy Pier from the other side of the (laughs) river.
1: (laughs) That's the Riverwalk presented by Starward, Australia's finest... New sponsor of the podcast, <laughs> the river, just the Riverwalk. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Cool.
0: <laughs> none, of, none of the actual brands, but or uh, companies that are along the Riverwalk. What's with that weird tiki place huh? on the walk? Uh, it was
1: actually it used to be a pretty cool spot, but I agree oh, now it's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. There's also uh, it's also pretty much adjacent to the Auto Pound down there. Oh,
0: it is. Yeah, I forgot about that. Have I
1: told the story on the podcast uh, years ago? Mm. Um, I was uh, parking my car in. Uh, river north you're talking about
0: lower whacker impound correct
1: yes i'm talking about the lower whacker impar- impound so i parked my car um on grand near clark um in river north and as i was getting out of my car i was looking at the um the parking sign you know with the code on it yeah. and uh this guy was you know he, there i had just missed some interaction between uh a a guy and you know a kind of you know 50 year old guy Mm. and a young lady and he was like you know he was gesticulating at me and to her and to this woman who's now you know half a block away and i didn't know what he was trying to say and then he asked me uh hey man when could you just not compliment a lady anymore (laughs) he asked me that question and i said uh well you never could you're not supposed to say that kind of stuff to strangers. Did you hear what he said? No. Oh. That's the thing. I only heard his question. So it could have been pretty mild. It could have been mm-hmm. extremely weird. Uh, anyway, so I go to Bub City. I come back. And uh, my car is gone <laughs> because I had parked in the <laughs> don't park here four to six zone. Um. And as I'm kind of putting the pieces together, standing there on the curb, as I'm going from like confused to frustrated to quite sad, that man who I uh, scolded was still just sitting there on that bench, uh, just mm. watching it all happen to me. Mm. So isn't that nice? It mm. all came back to me in the end. If you were nice to him and said, "Yeah, whatever happened to those yeah. days?" <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you would have, have been oh, like, "Hey, wait, don't park that there." That guy's a really nice guy. Or yeah.
0: been like, "Stop yeah. the people from towing it." That's you could have laid in point. front of it, yeah. or behind it, or in front.
1: However they tow it. It'd be uh, interesting if they pushed it like, with a bulldozer. Yeah, that's great traffic talk brought to you by Keene Lake. Traffic talk. This segment uh, with Matt is going to be on every episode from uh, here on out, huh? Yeah, he'll throw it to you like a reporter. <laughs> no, let's go to Matt. He's in the other room let's in the Let's go to basement. Matt,
0: live, live at Ryan Field at Northwestern University. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt, what's your take on the hazing? i don't know <laughs> this is actually new i thought it was just a <laughs> i thought you're just bringing up a funny specific what is what's the hazing at northwestern even what were they doing to each other um, pushing pushing their calculators down or something oh
0: no the football team was doing some uh, homoerotic behavior
1: okay yeah pretty bad yeah pretty disgusting oh man if it's all true alleged well they
0: fired their coach though
1: oh then i i presume they think it happened right
0: it's probably not a matter if it happened, it's a matter of how long it happened for. What a fucking bummer. Yeah. Um pretty stupid. Pretty stupid. On the guy's behalf to actually start it and then to keep following through with it when you're there. So
1: Yeah, that's very bad. Yeah. Um when I was uh Do you play sports? Yeah, I played I played football and wrestling in high school. I didn't know a you a little bit. Yeah, I did football not all the way through. I quit um all athletics to pursue, of course, my love of dance, and I joined the modern dance troupe called Orcasus at Oak Park River Forest High School. You're not even joking, are you? No, I'm completely serious. I have the DVDs to prove it. Well, I've always said, why walk when you can dance? (laughs) Why talk when you can sing? Can I... Um, I have another story for you before we get into the whiskeys. I I should probably leave out... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we're even going to get into whiskey at this point. Fine. Uh, I'm going to leave out the name of the employer, but in... (laughs) In college, when In I went case to UIC, of the lawsuit could still stand. I mean, I, you'll understand why hmm. that is a possibility, I guess. So, <laughs> I, throughout um, my time at UIC, so for like two years, I worked at a, a neighborhood restaurant where I was. University of Illinois, Chicago? That's right. Go Flames. <laughs> that's her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, alma mater of. Uh, Uh, Curtis Granderson really yep Uh, Deborah Brown and uh, Carolyn Brown that's my mom and my sister (laughs) anyways so (laughs) I I didn't know the Browns (laughs) yeah so um, (laughs) they elude me I I worked there for about two years I did I was their sandwich delivery boy Mm. bar back Mm. doorman Mm. all uh, you know kind of whatever Mm. and as a occasional prank and kind of a message that I wanted to go home um i would um this would happen at like late thursday friday saturday nights when there is maybe six seven regulars still at the bar closing it out Ooh. bartender waitress you Wait, know were you working at i am leaving that out for oh, now. that's right well, that's the person you're leaving out, yeah the employer exactly. leaving out the okay. employer yeah so, it kind of sounded
0: like you were working at uic as a no, bartender no no. Okay.
1: Just, no 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 it was okay. a, a, a nearby restaurant and bar so got it um As kind of a message to the lingering people Mm -hmm. that I was ready to do the final cleaning up and get out of there, I would emerge from the back completely naked to mop the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And that was kind of the message. Wait, did you? Yeah. Did you participate in the hazing at Northwestern? See, that's what... No, but... (laughs) They called it running. Oh, God. Um... But why did you but, why did you do this? <laughs> uh, was anybody else there? Oh yeah, I mean there are people in there, like customers. And you walked out naked with a oh, mop yeah, to mop the restaurant naked. So, <laughs> I think I should probably edit this out. <laughs> no, I don't think you can now. Were you wearing an apron or anything? No, um, shoes. No. So, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm glad. Were you fully matured? What does that mean? I don't even want you to explain that. So what I'm saying is we all make mistakes in our youth. We just hope they're as harmless as being naked in public. This was probably not not. as much. Nah, damn. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I committed a crime back then for sure. (laughs) And I am thankful that i am here to here to tell the tale kind of wistfully and not um Mm. you know under under oath (laughs) or as part of some long-winded thing that i have to tell you because i'm in your home like make you sign something to allow me in (laughs) we don't have any waivers here yeah maybe you should
0: maybe i should (laughs)
1: Hmm. We have some waivers here. You have to wave hello at my neighbors so they know who you're you not think, a threat. Who do
0: you think's more dumb or made a bigger <laughs> mistake? You for admitting that live on the internet or the captain of the Titanic who ignored two messages
1: from ships ahead of him
0: <laughs> about the iceberg coming? <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you addressed the submersible on the <laughs> podcast yet? Is that the... Uh, the Titan? What's that? The, that... uh those rich guys taking oh, that yeah. so you have you guys <laughs> no, talked about it addressed that. Right. on a
0: whiskey podcast no do you think they had whiskey
1: in there maybe to get drunk and just pass out from lack of oxygen and help faster and die well there it wasn't it wasn't a problem of dying faster because that that ship got crumpled in an implosion and yeah, they all and got it turned probably, into a thick sauce and it probably have like experts, experts are saying it probably happened
0: within like a couple of hours of them being down they're not like days yeah. and the well, media could spin it for longer and yeah. longer and, and longer. The,
1: and the Navy knew that. Yeah, right. But didn't want to tell them because they didn't want anyone to know how good their sonar is or whatever. Oh, conspiracy. Welcome to conspiracy. <laughs> this is our <laughs> second Matt Brown segment. Conspiracy <laughs> talk with Matt Brown. Conspiracy corner with Matt Brown. What's the... <laughs> what was the name of the Northwestern coach?
0: Uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Mm. Did he work in the restaurant with you? Yeah, so maybe that's why <laughs> he was cool with it. He was, he was a, G- back he was a back GM. He right? <laughs> Yeah. Um,
1: how about you don't do that anymore? No, of course not. Never. You have kids no, no, now. No, no, no. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Kid. But still. Kid. Yeah. Sorry. I have a lot to I I am here's did a here's re- a Did anybody report you for this? No. They complaint? all thought it was kinda of funny.
0: But the customers, what did they think? I don't know. Could you say not which part of anymore. town this
1: was in? Yeah, it was uh I I was uh around UIC. Okay. Um so Mostly I... college kids coming into this place? No okay <laughs> the regulars i would say were all you know adult i mean there were college kids but i want to make a promise right here and this is a matt brown promise i will never be naked at work again unless my job is to be naked for some reason what if you're a stripper and then i will be naked and I, this is my then i will never be clothed
0: mm. thank you for that de- declaration
1: you're welcome i have a theory that i'd like to press to you
0: all right third segment match theories
1: it can kind of... Yeah. I, well, theories is too... We need to find a new name for this because that's too close to conspiracies. Here's okay. my theory. People who are getting into bourbon 2017 through 19 or 20 or so.
0: I would say 15.
1: Okay. Let's say 15. <laughs> Let's say 15. Something that Pat, Pat... What's that guy's name? Ryan Fitzgerald? Pat fit Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> something Something he would say. Let's say 15 uh a lot anyways yeah now i'm trying to make okay i don't understand what you're yeah go ahead just, just go ahead edit point <laughs> i feel like you're actually getting into whiskey at this point so let's, i am go okay. ahead here's my theory so the guys who are getting into whiskey 2015-ish through 2019-ish yeah you know when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. they were going wild buying stuff at home escalated yeah right now we're Pretty much back. Have you talked about that in the podcast? I mean, we're out of the pan- pandemic right, yeah, for most yeah, intents yeah. and purposes. Um, and now those guys are faced with the same kind of dilemma in the liquor stores and the bars as far as breadth of product and competition. Mm. But they are way more educated <laughs> than they were before. What do you mean by breadth of product? There's, so, I mean, there's so much variety. So on you the think shelf it's always. overwhelming? I think it was overwhelming before i think it's all been overwhelming for a while yeah yeah you can definitely say since the craft boom of like yeah 2012 ish yeah and i think um the customer base has now like leveled up as far as education goes so are you saying and i think that brings with it some new challenges okay yeah so what's your theory
0: that is my theory that the new challenges are that they're overeducated educated and they're
1: over there's an over amount of products out there I wouldn't over. say overeducated. Well, maybe you know. I think. Well, I think some, they. I think they believe oh, they, they think are overeducated. But they're overeducated in both about whiskey and now because they've tried so much stuff, they know what they like.
0: Wasn't that a good thing
1: with the Beretha products? You'd think so, but that means. See, I think it, it's the, the opposite. What do you What do you think?
0: Um, I was just. Ha- I had. A, I don't know if I had a dream or a daydream or a thought or. A th- I don't know whether you
1: have those things either.
0: <laughs> but I was. Um, <laughs> I think it was just a thought I, a thought I had in my head about – because I'm sick of – obviously, we both have worked for predominantly small brands throughout our careers oh, yeah. in the whiskey industry. Oh, small brands. Yeah. And you walk into a store, everyone wants Sazerac products, Everybody wants allocated Heaven Hill products, everybody wants allocated Beam products, and that's really about it. That's basically 90-plus percent of your customer base that comes in looking for whiskey if not more than 90 plus percent, which is that why I added the plus in there. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like, what if there was just a liquor store that had just Sazerac's products and all that allocated stuff, and then across the street was everything else? So you're going to get denied walking in there. Basically, like, other than two months out of the year when Sazerac does their big drops, mm-hmm. uh, you walk in there, you're not going to have what you want, but you're forced to buy whiskey if you like whiskey. Yeah, I mean obviously there's a secondary market, but would that drive more customer consumption of
1: smaller brands like Dancing Goat? I think so. And like to my maybe to my point or whatever, I think a lot of those customers have tried a lot of that stuff before and decided they they don't really just because it's a major brand now they found out they're like, oh, "I don't know, it's okay. It's not worth me buying a bottle of now." Oh, like 200 bottles yeah. yeah or even just like you know a, a 70 bottle of you know a, a whatever mm-hmm. you yeah know, even like, like if you, you can know? find bookers for like 90 bucks yeah uh, i think people are if, in if, like, if you've oh, ever whatever. had
0: it, it i mean it's 126 proof that will hit you in the mouth yeah and if you're not used to that it, you're probably not going to like it right
1: um so that's yeah, that's a good
0: a lot of booker stuff back here
1: uh <laughs> Do you, uh, Jake? I don't know if this has been covered on the podcast before. Oh God! How do you feel about Jim Beam products and Booker's? I think they're terrible, overrated. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Interesting. The people that have worked there. <laughs> um, welcome to Key in the Lake. Uh, we're diving into a bunch of lore right now because Jake loves the shit.
0: Um, sure. <laughs> no, but I think it's a really interesting conversation to bring up if. I, Chris Blantner and I talk about it a lot. Um, obviously we've had some of those conversations here in the podcast too, about the, uh, the education of customers and then the over the abundance of products on the shelves. Eventually like it's going to burst like what's happening with the beer market right now. Like literally today anchor was closed. Oh man. I mean, rest in peace. Yeah. What a, I mean, Fucking the, beer, bummer. the first craft beer, craft brewery in America and you know, 60, six years with Sapporo, I think mm-hmm. maybe less than that. Um, they are closing the doors of one of the
1: greatest, greatest legacy craft breweries yeah. in the history of beer. It's it's really a shame. Um, well, uh, my point is
0: that whiskeys yeah. can't be far behind.
1: Yeah. Well, let's put a pin in that. If you want some real good investigative journalism about all the Anchor stuff, mm-hmm. Dave Infante, mm-hmm. yeah. um, an independent beer journalist, uh, really did great work oh, on that. What's
0: his handle?
1: It's at... It's ITS underscore fingers because Fing- his newsletter, his booze letter, if you will. Ooh, yeah, he actually did a lot of... I was reading his articles the past couple of days about that. Um, But yeah, please. Oh, so um, if the question is like consolidation and closing of distilleries. Yeah. I think it's a very tough question.
0: We're both bouncing around the place right now. Yeah. So we'll stick to that.
1: I think the question will remain of how big of a footprint you need to stay -hmm, in business mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um because physical locations are super important to the to the game both breweries and distilleries and having a tasting room tap room yeah if you have a tasting room and a good experience and a tour and a kitchen i mean i think you can stay sustain yourself for a long time the problem is with distilleries the question is the yield is so much worse on you know the the products right um, and the um, the lead time on these products is very long, of course. It takes forever. And then uh, the equipment is more expensive, too. Right. You know, you just... I mean, so the math, how even the just, math will work out at the end... Even just the space
0: you need to start the operation yeah. is more of a footprint, totally. um, which is obviously going to be more expensive than starting
1: a brewery. So maybe we'll see... I don't think we'll see what we do... Uh, we've seen with beer, which is the insane proliferation of super micro micro breweries Mm -hmm. there's this just not possible with spirits
0: right so you say like a dry hop down the
1: street that's more sustainable you think yes okay um as far as like micro distilleries yeah i think some will some will close i think even more will just like really limit their distribution efforts Mm -hmm. not have to pay for the marketing or whatever that goes with that and um, exists off of sales from their from their gift shop.
0: Yeah, no, that is happening right now, mm-hmm. and I think distilleries aren't necessarily admitting it to their entire staff, especially people that are the boots on the ground out mm-hmm. on the street every day, operators like ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I've talked to some distilleries in the area of here in Chicago area, but Midwest, let's say, mm-hmm. and they're like definitely turning their place into a destination and yeah. that's where they see the money coming in from and not putting as much time effort uh, budgets into
1: their street teams mm, into people. distribution i mean it yeah. takes a lot of work to have organic well or, or organic growth and profit from distribution yep. cuz we're not just like selling it to the distributor and then like selling it on like the street for the, the distributor Thank you. There's a lot of uh, prom- promotional pricing that w- we give. Th- a lot of discounting we make of our products to the distributors, mm-hmm. um, not just lowering our price of the distributor for a special price that they pass on to the retailer, but we also do um, uh, buybacks. Have we? You talked about buybacks on the podcast? Um, probably not in depthly. Okay, so. Let's say I have a product cost $100, like frontline to the retailer from the distributor. Um, retailers aren't biting at a hundred dollars. So we want to discount it to 90. Now the distributor is not going to take that hit. So every time that someone that a retailer takes advantage of that $90 price point, the distributor, um, charges us back $10 usually as a credit on their next purchase order. So that eats into a profits when I mean it's already a thin margin on on some products. Right. You know? So it becomes incredibly difficult to get over that hurdle when you're reliant on those discount price points, you know? And I think a lot of folks are, you know, looking themselves in the mirror and being like, why am I paying for my own distribution? Yep. If it's not contributing to the overall like growth of my brand. Right. And a lot of people would say that it don't work inside
0: of these sales or inside of the whiskey industry. It's like, why would you take the hit in the price? Well, because you want to get it
1: out there, the product out there. Um, I mean, a lot of distilleries almost give their, give their product away for free when they enter a market. Yeah. And because you, they need it on the shelf. Right.
0: And then you aren't, what are you not even getting into the detail of how a distributor operates is, let's say just for, just for, you know, lack of, you know, whatever. But let's say it's D- Dancing Go doing a distributor. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're with a big distributor like R&DC, Southern, or Breakthroughs, the bigger ones and across across the United States. Well, you enter that portfolio, you enter that price point, you do that buyback system, and then guess what? Nobody from that distributor gives a shit about your brand. <laughs> yeah, totally. So your brand is operating on the assumption that you have boots on the ground that are hired by a distillery or a third-party sales team to go out there and actually sell your product. Who then has to communicate with the distributor reps to actually put in the purchase orders because a brand can actually do that for themselves with a the distributor. Right. So it, it creates multiple, Fun. multiple, yeah, multiple, multiple levels. Not only are you essentially buying back your product a lot of the times or taking a big price hit on your products, which obviously you're not going to get the profit margin. Your distributor gets that profit margin. Right. Um, you're also, there's no one out there fighting for you. Yeah. And then when you are fighting for yourselves and you make advances and let's say you sell a single barrel. Mm-hmm. So you go to the distributor and say, hey, like, uh, I got this. I got, I got this customer who wants to buy 30 cases of the single barrel, like money in your pocket. Here's this. Cool, great. Talk to the rep. Rely on your brand manager. There's always managers at distributors that handle multiple brands and kind of do the the functioning of the admin task for that brand through the distributor. And it goes by a couple weeks. You're like, hey, just checking back on that barrel. Um, I set the date for two months out just to give you guys some leg time from the distillery. Getting the barrel bottled, um, shipped to the to distributor from the distillery, and out yeah. to the customer. It's been about four weeks. Check back in. Like, hey, uh, where's my order? We're ready to go. Like, uh, Order the barrel from us. <laughs> we can ship it. Yeah. N- silence. Call, email again next week. Hey, uh, ready to go. Um, just put the PO in. We'll send it out to you. Don't hear from them. All of a sudden, it's been six weeks. You promised the customer it will be here within eight weeks. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take it now. So finally goes out to distributor, gets to the distributor warehouse and they're like, all right, remember to put the PO once so the company can uh, actually buy it on there. Yeah. And so it's registered um, through the website and for the sales rep to go take the order and money in, money in your pocket. Oh, yeah, we'll do that. Don't hear from them for a week. Don't hear from them for two weeks. Finally, a month goes by. You're like, hey, the customer really wants the barrel. What we promised them. We're already two weeks late. Like, oh, sorry, it fell through the cracks. Right. That doesn't happen with big, just big, big companies. No doesn't happen with your Elijah Craig's, your Knob Creek's, whoever it may be where you're buying it. But guess what? I'm literally had that conversation today with our distributor in New York. Yeah. Like okay. And I have, this customer bought the barrel back in like the end of February, beginning of March. And we have even another system going through, since we're an international company, where we have an importer, where they actually store all of our product at the imports mm-hmm. and then the distributor orders it from there, essentially like acting as if it was our distillery warehouse. So it goes to the bonding there all that stuff um and we could the customer could have ordered straight from the straight from um, the importer which is legal Mm -hmm. now it's a savvy upon the brand to skip out on the distributor uh because that way they're not making money from it and then you want to build that relationship so my company decided let's just go through the distributor take the correct uh route Mm -hmm. um because we don't want to step Step on anybody's toes we're all partners you know
1: the, the 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 trick of it all is that the distributors technically are customer. Right. Like they're the customer. Right. And so we did Anyways. it that way. And
0: I would say it's almost two months or five months. The customer still hasn't even got the product. Now, if you would have just gone straight through the importer, we're talking four weeks. Mm-hmm. Like they're pretty fast. They're right. pretty good about it. Yeah. Six, six weeks on a on a bad on a bad month mm-hmm. um or a slow month. And now our customer's like, well, I don't know if I really want it. I promised people this. And like, I understand. And then they think I'm lying to them. Like, dude, you just don't, and this is actually through, <laughs> this is through a whiskey club. Ugh. So people who think they know that the industry, yeah, yeah, people yeah. that can tell you how everything operates, but they have actually never done it. It's just one of their first barrels they're purchasing as well. Not their first one, but you know, in the beginning order of things. So they're trying to tell me how to, how to do my job. They're like, they think I'm lying to them. like, mm-hmm. Like, I'm not lying to you. Yeah. This is just how it operates with a small brand and yeah. a giant distributor. There are,
1: yes. There are, um, so it
0: gets back to that education where people think yeah. they know more than they actually do.
1: Yeah. There are a lot of good lessons for folks in there. Oh. Um, just remember, you know, distributors place you in at the end of the day. They will place you in um, a kind of scale of importance solely based <laughs> on how much money you make them, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's just the end of the day. Which it's smart business. It, it is, and it truly, it it makes sense if you you know take the the long view. But love that Green Day song. Um, yes. Uh, Green Green Day, call, call me back when uh, you they're they're um the band is called Blue Night. I don't know what you're talking okay. about. Okay, so uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you you know. If you just are solely relying on the brands who are already making you money, like there's a, a ceiling to that. Well, and that's you why know? I was I had that like little daydream about two two different whiskey stores because <laughs> yeah. essentially that's what's happening. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And that's
0: what the marketing is too. Yeah, this uh, retailer will go nameless because um, we both have relationships with them. Let's just say they're not in. Chica- will you tell me later? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, they're not in Chicago. I'll put it Secret that way. Time. But they, they literally promote it's it's a craft store i'll put it that way and i'm pretty sure it started off as mostly beer and just your basic liquor products okay but more beer centric and they started growing uh the whiskey
1: liquor products
0: you know like your jack daniels your jack daniels yeah some bitters (laughs) continue thank you maybe a tequila or two oh wow maybe some absolute vodka Anyway, uh, they expanded and the whiskey uh, expanded as well. Then they throw these events and they throw marketing behind the events, but all they do is put the advertising towards the Sazerac products. Oh yeah, and don't focus on the brands. that They t- they literally say we want to get off the shelves and help out. Mm-hmm. They don't. But when it comes to actual putting dollars in front of this, they don't do anything to help the brands. Yeah,
1: and then they don't invite the brands that are small to their events. They know what side their bread is buttered, and uh they did the math, and they're like, "Well, the little guys are gonna you know market themselves anyways, they're the ones who are here, <laughs> you know that that they're taking care of themselves, but it's like man no yeah. i I exist because the ad- advertising doesn't make sense for us, right. you know like the marketing dollars that our two companies are putting yeah. in behind, yeah, it's everything right. If they took my salary, $200,000 a wow, year.
0: Wow, Mr. Nick Moss. And,
1: pay, and uh, you know, sold my the company car that I drive. Um, it's a Wagoneer. Uh, <laughs> this is a lie. I'm lying to you. But if they took my salary and put it into conventional marketing, like yeah. advertising and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it would absolutely suck shit because no one would be able to... Even if, like, we had the best Instagram ad campaign ever. Yeah. No one would know where to find it because there'd be no one on the streets selling it through to the, di- from the distributor to the retailer. Right. <laughs> like just fall uh, completely flat. Um, there was another point from your interesting, interesting story.
0: Well, I think it might just be. It's all good. No, I think it, it just might be
1: that. It's oh, so- one more thing. <laughs> Whiskey clubs. Mm, I like this. I like this. Get your shit together.
0: Just you don't know more than get, us.
1: Get your shit together. Do your homework. Find a good retailer partner. Yeah, and find a good retailer partner. <laughs> don't just <laughs> find someone who can sell it through to you for for you, yeah. unless you could sell it all, or find someone who is actually interested in what you're doing. Um. Yes. Get your shit together. Find good retailer partners. Have you had a bad? happenstance (laughs) not specifically but i've had oh i have good um i guess i have but i've had more more often i've had good retailer partners be pissed at whiskey clubs
0: oh interesting yeah an interesting side of the story yeah retailers
1: are like man the whiskey club promised they would buy it all and it was already sold and now i have 12 cases of you know you know dick sucking factories all good bottle and bond single barrel back there that i can't do anything with um i put out you know six on the shelf yeah. and no one buys it right because it has this stupid sticker on it of like <laughs> of like some artificial insemination like technical <laughs> like, like that. textbook thing yeah exactly so i have 12 cases of you know some fucking awful single barrel with a stupid sticker on it in the back you know and now they're like well i don't want to work with whiskey clubs anymore and i don't even want to pick out single barrels anymore oh wow you know so i've had retailers say that Jeez. yeah
0: yeah you have to really understand from both sides of that exchange monetary exchange how the whiskey club is actually operating when they come to you and say yeah we have 600 members on facebook Okay. So you have 35 people that yeah. are active. Are yeah. they all going to buy three bottles of, of a single barrel? Yeah. Because if not, I'm not going to bring it in. Um, I, yeah, I know we share a good friend in retailer that has that, uh, that happen twice, at least once with a whiskey club where they've just completely backed out. I've had it happen on my brand a couple of times. Um, literally, this company just – these guys are trying to make a whiskey barrel – Company, I guess you'd say kind of like an independent uh, bottler, but not yeah. really an independent bottler, just buying single barrels and importing them and selling them out to customers. Just, they bought a barrel from us. We brought it into our distributor and the company just dissolved and never heard back from them. So bizarre. Yeah. You're like, okay, well uh, now we're stuck and we have to resell this barrel.
1: And if you're out there, yeah. if you're a whiskey club and <laughs> like, you think you've, Got some, you know, great idea to make a bunch of money by buying single (laughs) barrels and reselling them. (laughs) Just open a liquor store or buy one that already exists. Yeah, it's not that it's not harder than what you think you're going to do with your crazy whiskey club idea. (laughs) Or just Just buy a liquor store, or buy into a liquor store. Just buy into a liquor store. Yeah, be like, hey, go to. I mean, it's kind of what the GNS guys
0: have done with George. Sure, like we're going to put the money for because we're going to buy all these barrels and I don't know what the actual relationship is when it comes to money but
1: yeah but i think we should speculate on it <laughs> <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> sorry but no like,
0: i think that's like kind of a good
1: thing where like the club and the in the, yes. you know, the store has a great relationship together. yeah that's yeah. a good example or uh i know adventurers club and mm. um, gold eagle have a, a long um yeah you know um george benios no longer involved at Doty liquors in yeah. elmhurst i believe shit now i'm speculating but they were always uh they always were really successful with uh their clubs and single barrel picks and stuff too but yeah you just got to find the right partners. funny you bring that up because i there's multiple names in there that exchanged
0: information with one another that did not have good relationships together that's interesting (laughs) and
1: that's why the podcast is editable right jake i was just not gonna go any further on that great
0: like i said like you said it's all
1: speculation that's true i'm not here to spread rumors I'm not I'm not here to to spread anything except for we did spread rumors apparently one time well a lovely jam across a nice piece of toasted bread what
0: rumor do we spread um we didn't spread any rumors we just had a a brand on that brought a single barrel in and set a club backed out on it and then the club reached out to me and like that's a lie and then the distillery is like can you take the podcast off the air I'm like no I can't actually (laughs) it's on the internet baby (laughs) <laughs> Will you
1: uh tell me about that later? Sure. I just don't really care to get into it anymore. Fair enough. I just want names. Okay. I'm just like the I'm just like HUAC. Actually and uh, Senator came Joseph up, it McCarthy. Came again, I just want names. Kim
0: McC again this spring um at your former employer's
1: tasting room. <laughs> oh god. Now I really gotta know. American <laughs> yeah. Liquor Company's tasting room in Detroit, Michigan. No, nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for a vodka company for six months. Yeah. So, um, apparently crypto is not a great investment, dude. Uh, when okay, so <laughs> here it goes November 29th, we had an all hands on deck sales meeting for American Liquor Company that still kind of exists.
0: And this is what five months into the job,
1: six okay, five to seven. Okay, six. um, they had already, <laughs> they had already, uh, let go of a key accounts manager who is, um, you know, a, a longtime industry professional worked for distributors and own his own bar at one point. Anyway, so they already let him go in October. So they had this all hands on deck meeting. Um, uh, my boss, the director of sales said, you know, things are going to change around here. It's out of our hands. Um, as you all know, our principal owner um, was uh, invested in some uh, cryptocurrency exchanges <laughs> And we all read the news. We all know what that what's going on there. I started laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was already muted, but I needed to turn off <laughs> video on the Zoom call okay. to compose myself because I was laughing so hard. And in that moment, I knew I was gone. I just knew it almost instantly. I started texting. I texted my wife. I texted uh, my brother, my brother-in-law, my cousin, like anyone who I was... <laughs> Who I had also been like shit talking Bitcoin about and like it's in the news. Of course I'm gonna talk yeah, about it with yeah, the homies. Yeah. Um and I was like, I'm fi- I'm fired. I'm toast. Yeah. Um that meeting was at like nine a.m. you officially had not been told you were fired no No, twelve fifteen PM <laughs> I get a phone call from my boss and I'm like, This Here is it, go. baby. Here we go. I'm out.
0: I'm out of the vodka game.
1: No and did that. No, none of my friends are there anymore either. I mean, the companies it might exist, it might exist, but it's fucking toast. Do they did they fired the whole sales team? Uh, yeah, more or less. By January, pretty much everyone was gone, and my boss was to yeah, quit as well. This was right before Christmas, and were you texting me and yeah. being like, "Oh, was... if you hear anything, I'll be like no. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Oh wow, what a dick move by the company. <laughs> yeah. and I didn't
0: know the details like that at the time. To- at the time,
1: so well, they, I do know that they really, really, really didn't want to pay out anyone's. End of the year bonuses. And so there was like, you got to get rid of some a manager quick. Uh, and I was the only one. So, oh, there you go. Yep. Anyways, thank you for having me, Jake. <laughs> love Key in the Lake podcast. I'm so, gl- a-
0: I'm so well glad you had that half
1: year in the vodka industry. Um, and Now that I'm removed from it, va- valuable experience. I don't know. Probably, Probably. with a shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: like you're getting, I mean, it was a good. Good product. I've made a few cocktails with it yeah. for something. One it, time. it was
1: perfectly fine. I mean, it's just like vodka is kind of impossible. I think I honestly, before the RTDs <laughs> launched in November, which was a very bad idea. Oh, the company's RTDs. Yeah, those companies RTDs. I mean, they were putting the money in the right places and yeah, I don't know, whatever. Um, What are all you right. going to do? Yeah, what I'm going to do is work for someone else. That's what I'm going to do. And you did. So welcome to Key in the Lake Podcast. This uh, this week we're featuring some Dancing Goat whiskeys. Want to try some whiskey with me, Jake? I think I have this bottle. Well, want to try two other whiskeys with me, Jake? I might have this bottle too. Want to try Quirkus Some humble- Would <laughs> love the, to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, please. Dancing Goat. Uh, so you're your current employer, Dancing Goat
0: Distillery it. out of Whiskey City, USA. Yeah. Yeah, Great place. If you're ever around the Madison area, I suggest you go for a little visit to the tasting room, go to a tour, go to a gin class, meet uh, the spirit Sherpa himself, Nick Brady Moss of the Key in the Lake podcast, MVP of 2021, I believe, in the podcast. Who got a 2020? Um, I don't know if he had a 2020.
1: 2019? Um, Callum? <laughs> 2018.
0: Was the podcast around then? I just want you to say my name. Your consideration. Okay, thank you. Chris, um, thank you. Chris
1: Plantner won last year. Yeah,
0: yeah. Twenty twenty two.
1: That's about right. I mean, that's like losing the MVP to Shohei Otani. It's like, yeah, yeah, what am I gonna do, man? You
0: might have to just take him out of the consideration.
1: <laughs> kind of like yeah, how Jordan exactly. lost to Barkley that one year. <laughs> that is that is very funny to consider. Yeah. I mean, good for good for Charles Barkley. I would like to be the Charles Barkley of this podcast. It seems pretty attainable as a matter of fact. Oh, I would love I would love that uh little nickname for
0: you, if you will. Let's call uh, you the Barkley of the Peking Lake. It's definitely um I'm gonna name my
1: first child Barkley. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's you, actually well, one of my favorite players of all time. Um,
1: athletes of all time. Your dog's name is Lola and your child would name be named Barkley. So everyone would get it confused all the time. That's who good was named what? Do you know what her middle name is? Yes. Let me guess it. Okay, <laughs> this is interesting. Great conversation here. Spinach
0: pot pie. So close. It's actually Ray. Got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's a band in uh, the uh, old uh, Brooklyn scene of the early two thousands called Lolo
1: Ray. Okay. Yeah. What kind of music do they play? Yeah, like, like pop punk. Sing us a few bars.
0: Um, I never fell in love with a beautiful boy.
1: Thank no, you know it never
0: happened to me.
1: Great, yeah. I didn't think you. That was great. Thank yeah. you. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that was a good one. That was a good one. That'll absolutely be picked up on the mics. Most
0: things are. <laughs> cool. So Ooh, like this a bubblegum
1: flavor to it. Seven-year-old bourbon. A hundred and hmm, let me double check here. One oh six. So quirky and humble. The nickname for this bourbon um, is a reference to Quercus Humboldti, yes. the wood that it's aged in. Uh, Quercus Humboldti, also called Andean oak. Oh, excuse me. I get a cough. <laughs> <coughs> Woo. Thank you. You you can edit that out, right? Sure. Now that I've referenced it, it's going to be harder to edit it out, huh? Number two. <laughs> So Quercus humboldti, uh, called Colombian oak or Andean oak. It grows in, um, the Andean forests of Colombia, basically. Yeah. Uh, pretty scrubby, kind of looks like almost mangrove ish, but it is an oak. Um, hmm. Coopers have been using this in, uh, in rum barrel, barrel construction, especially um, mm. from, uh, from a, a cooperage called FMX in Mexico. So you've probably had uh, a brown spirit um, before that's been aged in this wood, but it was probably rum, mm. and it was probably from the Bacardi family.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Did we have this at Malloy's um, a couple months ago? Yes. Okay. I, I don't know why it's not standing out. Um, I know
1: I've seen the label, mm-hmm. but... Um,
0: I really enjoy it.
1: So it's part of our Dancing Goat uh present source whiskey series. So this is going to be a rotating series of fun um source whiskey expressions. Uh that that is to say that this it won't be um a flash in the pan. We'll have this probably through the end of the year here in Illinois. So Oh, how many barrels yeah. did you get of it? 40. Oh, we wow. together 40 of it. So um the barrels started
0: off though in regular American oak. I don't think so. Oh, I've I think been there for seven all, years. Yeah. Oh, wow. The, the,
1: well, yes. The whole time in seven years, yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I don't know their provenance qu- quite. So um, did you buy... Well, I know Nick has a very interesting relationship with MGP. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the provenance exactly, but this yeah. is MGP distilled bourbon, 7521.4 recipe. Yep. Um, did it go into the barrels at MGP? that's what I don't or know. Or I
0: should, I guess I would say maybe Nick's, uh, no, cause he wouldn't have had the company seven years ago. Right. Or would have been kind uh, of a, an idea of it. Well, yeah, I know the idea of it was because, which me, if you're listening to us the first time we've had Nick and dancing goat themselves on the podcast multiple times and we've tracked the history of the company, mm-hmm. but it, in like 2016, 15, I want to say like, they were definitely had the idea of it when they were all living in Chicago. Um, kind of crafting the idea what they wanted to do at the distillery and I always felt really sad that I was working at the dreaded Coval for all those years and just down the street Nick and Bo and Sean were just drafting out the idea of Dancing Goat and we could have been long lost brothers. Sean was you know, with them
1: at that point. I, I thought he was know. still <laughs> Sean was in um Sean's their longtime buddy. He he's our general manager. Then? What's that? Was he in Nashville for a while? Yeah. Yeah. But he's from uh he's a Southside boy. He's from the South suburbs of chicago either way Bo and nick Bo and nick at least definitely a tom in there a dad maybe
0: i know they're drafting a lot of their ideas at franklin room yeah in front of the peter peter kim great guy i might go see him tonight maybe you should yeah it's raining
1: beautiful the it's soothing yes the bucolic noises of uh, the rain pitter-pattering outside your, your uh, basement so window. So where
0: are these balls mostly going? The on or the off-premise?
1: Uh, a good mix. Um, off, it's not in Binnie's, but it's around... Do you know where I would go for a nice... Is it just in Illinois? No, you know it's in wisconsin as well and some have shipped out of out of the region a little bit but um if i were you you know where i've been enjoying is oak trail tap house in Mundalion and uh consume in lake zurich both uh not too far away from each other um oak trail spirit or tap house uh a storefront down from oak trail spirits their liquor store hmm. um it's Bar Eats, um, but they're really, really good. Nice. But at least like five times better than they need to be. <laughs> um, so they've got it in there. Consume in Lake Zurich. Um, have they come up on the podcast before? I keep on asking this. No. Never but, heard of um, it. Yeah. Uh, another a Slasher, you a liquor store. Oh, maybe uh, you have told two, me. Um, I don't know if it was on the podcast, though. Great draft list and a uh, uh, great whiskey bar as well. And really nice... Really nice American cuisine, nice uh, mixed with some like Indian flavors as well.
0: Yeah, I know you and I have had a, many long conversations about how the palette of the city of Chicago has expanded across the entire suburbs. Mm-hmm. As you know, our generation, the generation before us, mm-hmm. or just, you know like people just kind of at the end of millennials yep. that they uh, were here during the craft boom of not just beverages but also food yeah Um, also dining for sure yeah and that's now expanded out into the suburbs where Mm -hmm. you can get some pretty quality food all
1: across the suburbs of chicago uh slightly toasted has it as well oh great yeah um always a great option their bibimbap
0: oh so good gosh
1: yeah definitely a go-to on the menu yeah um it's what like 15 or 16 dollars it's an insane value yeah their food there is it's crazy yeah even like just like the nacho plate you get for like 7 seven, eight dollars. Yeah. It's it's great. Um, those guys are opening up two new restaurants as well. Did you know this? Uh yeah, last time I talked to John, he had mentioned it, but I didn't know for sure where they were going. Do you? Yeah. So one of them is in a uh I believe the address is like seventy West Lake or something. Oh. It's right near the, the the downtown chase, uh their that plaza. Yeah, yeah. yeah um it's in another so slightly toasted uh the two existing locations are in like office buildings
0: little toasted as
1: well little toasted so slightly toasted and little toasted are in office building almost like lobbies i don't know the exact
0: building that little toasted is in but it's in the building directly across from the front entrance
1: of the old post office there you go uh van buren is that van buren yes sir okay great um and then the (laughs) thanks uh, and then the other location that they're opening is in, inside of the Lyric Opera House. I want to say.
0: Oh, he did mention that. That's yeah. what I know about. Knew which about.
1: is which would be more cocktail based, less like whiskey forward. Right, right.
0: No, but the definitely good options, amazing options for whiskey. Uh, oh yeah, kind of probably one of the sneaky whiskey bars in Chicago because it's called Little Toasted. And yeah, you, you kind of think breakfast, but and it's in the Loop too. There's not a lot in the Loop. I believe they call that well. Yes, Little Toasted is. Slightly Toasted is what they consider
1: East-West Loop, I think they call it. Got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right by, um not right by, but kind of over by the CH uh, yep. tasting room. That's the only reason why I know it because um, the CH
0: guys were like, yeah, we opened up there like 13 years ago. I'm like, over in West Loop. Like, no, technically that's like East-West Loop. I'm
1: like, oh. Well, that used to be West Loop. That and was, then yeah. There wasn't a neighborhood for the West Loop because right. it was all just packing houses and uh, warehouses. Abandoned and warehouses. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's where my grandfather would go um and pick up like bulk toilet paper and stuff for and his the, uh, and ladies store. of the night. <laughs> 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 I to, uh, have, uh, sorry I if a, I'm repeating stuff, but uh, my walkers. dad uh hit one of his first jobs out of um college, he worked uh Collecting money from ladies that
0: roamed the streets. Yes,
1: he was a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> he worked at uh an administration for the Boy Scouts of America. Really? And their office was on Halstead and Lake. Oh, yeah. It's now uh like East Cold Storage or something. Mm. It's that building. And um uh for whatever reason on like Fridays mm-hmm. they would have to meet there in Boy Scout uniforms. Like they would have these like all. Like and the, the like adults, adults in Boy Scout uniforms, yeah. and the then they're called uh, Eagle Scouts. By then, yeah, the West Loop prostitutes would be like, "Hey, Boy Scout, come on over here, oh, yeah, Ooh. a little shimmy, shimmy, yeah, exactly." I love those ladies. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, how do you feel about human trafficking, Jake? Well, that part I don't like about it. <laughs> okay, good. But when it's an honest woman just trying to make a job, make it to the paycheck, there you go. This is another Key in the Lake lock for you folks. Lock? We support sex work, but not the trafficked kind. Okay. Don't cut this out. That will definitely get us banned on YouTube. <laughs> this is a pod, this is an audio podcast exclusive bit <laughs> that's not going to be on YouTube. You make
0: life a lot more difficult editing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Did you um, hmm. did you have to edit out anything from the that I said from the whiskey day uh, at doyle's? Yeah,
0: yeah, there was something you went on a tangent in between guests. It was only it was a lot shorter than my my mind I thought it was while we were live in front of twenty. Was it a fake people. advertisement? Might have been. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did some. I, I also love how that day um, somehow my my tab was just open to the entire bar that day.
1: Oh shit, really?
0: It didn't get that expensive and I obviously had planned to expense it out because um, yeah. we were buying Star Wars drinks and yeah. whatever. But uh, I think I bought a round of beers for the first people that came through there. But um, somehow it just got confused that everybody, anything anybody ordered at the bar was on my tab. Oh, brutal. Yeah, so thanks a lot. Matt thanks, Brown. Shake. Thanks a lot, Matt Brown. I thought you were was just that, telling people to do that. Was I telling people to do that? <clears throat> you might have.
1: That's okay. It actually wasn't that expensive. Mm. I. It sounds like something I would do. I'm incepting myself because it is uh, it is a confusion that I would make, but I don't think it happened then. Hmm. You were. Thank you for joining us. You're,
0: at you're de- <laughs> definitely not the most drunk uh, brand representative there.
1: Oh no, I was pretty. You're pretty good. Was pretty
0: good. Yeah, yeah, for being there for f- three plus hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I only drank nine High Lifes that day and seven High Life Lights. When's the last time you've seen a High Life Light? It has like a green banner on it. Yeah,
0: not too actually, not too long ago. I was at a Gina burrito at a a little bar place in Austin, Texas. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'll call it November. There are High Life Light drinkers down there. I don't know. No, fucking freeze. Mostly Lone Star, obviously. Yeah, but there was. Uh, well, here's your message. Don't go. I to ordered Texas. a High Life and I got a High Life Light. <laughs> How was it? pretty watery but you know being like the it was honestly maybe the first calories i had the entire day because we had just flown there and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon so you're thirsty it's hot it's nice getting a burrito from my favorite burrito spot
1: you know i don't have that much experience with austin texas but i would I say <laughs> it's a good place to get honked at when at a pedestrian crossing over a busy road well let's drink the next one um jake would you like to you no. like something else? Okay. <laughs> I'm good.
0: <laughs> I only drink dancing goat rye. God damn it. Did you bring any rye?
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Could you elaborate more? I
0: have a small no, amount.
1: Not mm. one of the one of these isn't the I have the I wanna d wanted you to drink the Spaniard. Oh yeah, you have another bit. Oh okay, good. I
0: don't know if I have it or bottle of it or not. There's I can't remember which Because uh, this this
1: is that is a barrel pick. But the, a barrel pick all the blue labels bourbon. are
0: private stock, right? Yes. I have a blue, two blue labels out there in my living room. And I'm not sure which one, but I got into it one night and I was like, oh my God, this is really good. It's the one that tastes a lot like peppermint
1: and well, maybe it is a Spaniard. So the Spaniard. Um, Tell us a story. Eight year old American corn whiskey. So it's 100% corn. Um, it is uh, aged in a Spanish oak barrel, a 53-gallon Spanish oak barrel. Did this go through the Solera system at all? No. Okay. So Did this? No. Only the rye goes through the Solera system. Thank you for clarifying that. My pleasure. So the uh, Spanish oak is a Spanish as Spanish moss. That is to say, a it's Spanish named after... Moss? What's that? A Spanish nick moss? Ah, ah. very good. <laughs> um, a si, senor. <laughs> We Spanish moss out. and Spanish oak are both named after the former Spanish colonies in the United States. Yep. So, um, uh, Spanish oak, or it's also called like uh, a red oak or something like that. Most people call it Spanish oak. It's Quercus falcata. Felcata. Um, falcata uh, It's uh, Quercus focaccia. It um it's a it's a lovely tree. Um animals love it. It has great acorns. Wonderful. Yep. Um it's used its human use is mostly in leather tanning. And it is because it is high, high in tannins. Oh. So it's a That's why it smells like leather. Yes, exactly. So it is a good um it's a good oak for our purposes in American whiskey. You just don't see a lot of the barrels at all. Right. Um and this uh this is Nick's kind of
0: uh, one of his first baby releases, I would yeah. say. Yeah. I,
1: I think this is my favorite bottle that we have. It's pretty good. You've done a few single barrels, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like all of them. Um, is it like a 300-gallon cask? No. 100. Is it? No, 100. Oh, I thought I was saying something different. It might be, yeah. How big do you think it was? Uh, like... Ten thousand gallons? No, I'm just kidding. I, it, it's I think it's though. a big boy. It's, yeah, yeah it, I said fifty-three gallon before, but I don't think that's right. I know it's, yeah, it is a big boy because it wasn't filled all the way, and it um, yielded like twenty. For cases. some reason, right now my math of uh, liters and gallons is messing with me. So okay, yeah, sorry. That's fine. What um everyone needs to know that it's very good and it's available at Malloy's in Glen Ellen. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. please Jake try that somewhere I was born that night but not I last was, night <laughs> I was just texting with the owner of Molloy's this morning maybe that was last night Steve
0: maybe it was in my dreams
1: <laughs> you were texting <laughs> hun. I had the strangest dream I was texting Steve all night and then all my teeth fell out yeah, yeah. Um,
0: actually we were talking about Kentucky Bourbon Fest
1: what's that
0: Um, tell us more <laughs> Technically, I'm obligated to talk about it on our podcast through my media pass contract. Got it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it is a festival that's happening in Bargetown on September 13th through the 15th. Ah, great. Yes, where all the bourbons from across America will align, gather, pour.
1: All of the. So it's not. It's a bourbon fest in Kentucky. It's not. It's, it's in just for Kentucky bourbons.
0: No. Um. I believe it started off that way okay but, but I mean it's most of the big guys i'll put it that way mm. um and where all the bourbon heads all of our good friends we're just talking about from whiskey clubs unite into a mainstream
1: oh boy pile of humanity for I th- th- I lo- three look, days in a park it sounds great i think uh they'll all have their shit together and be good because i like whiskey and clubs honestly it might just be kentucky brands
0: together. and that i think about it oh so, okay i don't know
1: all right fine but oh I don't, well there's some good listen there are a few good whiskeys made in kentucky just a few so i'm not just a few not upset about it uh
0: yeah no it's um i think it's been going on for quite a while but the, it's expanded over the last couple years few mm-hmm. years obviously because the rise in popularity sure of bourbon and whiskey in general so yeah a uh, few of us from
1: chicago are heading down and steve malloy is one of those gents Bardstown uh, should be called uh, Barstown. So many many bars there. It's actually not that many. I've never been. I wouldn't know. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I've been to Louisville and I've had the hot brown. Yeah. Not that good. The riffs on the hot brown are better than the actual hot brown. Probably, yeah. 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 Oh, man. Speaking of gravy, I would (laughs) like to tell you about a conversation that I overheard in a restaurant just yesterday. Hmm. This woman didn't know what poutine was. Okay, and she was getting very, very frustrated with the uh, bartender, oh. and almost every time, <laughs> every were you time he the, would... were
0: you near Wisconsin, were you in no, Wisconsin? I was
1: in Plainfield, Illinois. Okay. I was overhearing this all, and uh, close enough. Woman asked the bartender, uh, "What's this thing on the menu here? Is this a pasta dish?" Mm-hmm. And the bartender said, "Well, no, it's poutine. It's French fries." Yeah, and she said, I, "Well, I don't know what that is. It's just like French fries and all this stuff." And he was like, yeah, it's French fries and then the cheese curds and the gravy. Hmm. And I think there was some protein in there or probably, yeah, you know, probably some bacon It's (laughs) something like that. I think there were like chunks of sausage Sausage, or something in there. And she was like, well, I don't understand. What is it called? And he said poutine. And every time he said poutine, she would get angrier. And (laughs) she was like, well, what is that, though? And he said, "Well, was there a descriptor on the menu as well?" Yeah, okay. And I was the menu was in front of me. I was reading it. Yeah, granted, I know what poutine is, so I there was no thank you. There was no um, so distinguished. There is no mistake. Thank you. Well, you're it's like you're reading my mind because he was like, "Well, it that's just what the thing is called. It's called poutine. It's from Canada, Canada. but it's also kind of trendy here. It's a a French fried dish." And she said, "Well, I'm not that well traveled, I guess." (laughs) <laughs> or she said it, the phrasing was funnier it was uh, like i'm not exactly well traveled and then she was like well i guess i'll have it
0: oh wow you sold bar, it baby
1: the bartender anticipating a problem yeah. wisely was like trying to get her onto a different dish she, she was like well this this chicken dish also has gravy on it It's like good too okay and i don't know how it resolved because i was laughing so hard but um mm-hmm. yeah she really had a problem with poutine Tip your tip your bartenders. Canada listeners, chime in. Uh, um tell us about your favorite. Tip your waitstaff, staff,
0: tip your bartenders, tip everybody who asks for a tip because those are the situations in which they deserve it. And I'm guessing that lady did not tip well. <laughs> not that you were no, but no. My presumption. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. anything else you want to talk about? No.
1: Not particularly.
0: Anything coming up with Dancing Goat?
1: No. <laughs> great <laughs> uh yeah keep your eye open for future lto's follow them on instagram mm-hmm. um got uh nine-year-old cast strength rye oh, limousine wow. rye coming out uh before the end of the year we got is um, that part of this series yes okay um actually no so it is you're gonna be the it? limousine okay brand so, yeah. a, so a little they're... bit of semantics there yeah, yeah. so it's nine-year-old cast strength rye um Nine-year-old rye that went uh, got finished in the Solaris system right. under the limousine thing. The next product from the Dancing Goat Present series is nine-year-old uh, corn whiskey aged in cherry bitters or finished in cherry bitters. Oh, cool. Yeah, very good. If you want to um, get ahead of that, Antioch Fine Wines up there on the border of uh, Wisconsin has a single barrel of some... Uh, Uh, cherry bitters finished corn whiskey that's quite fun
0: one of the last times i saw i saw nick brady moss was he was coming directly from antioch and he had a barrel of stag a stag barrel with a bullet hole in it a bullet hole there's a bullet hole either on his truck or the barrel
1: i can't remember huh yeah maybe both maybe both so that barrel that stag barrel from antioch is at our at our uh uh facilities right now and it's filled with uh brandy interesting yeah so we're gonna do a stag finish brandy for those guys
0: follow the trend baby
1: yeah why not
0: is it a trend i don't know
1: we'll we'll, we'll you're make starting it. the
0: we'll, trend well, we'll uh, yeah yeah yeah. well um thanks matt for coming by glad to have you back and hey, it was my whoa, pleasure actually, before we close out liverpool football club
1: <sighs> dude it's gonna be fun let's talk let's talk soccer liverpool made uh some high profile leavings this summer um, Bobby Firmino leaves after six years or whatever, six or seven years, won every trophy Bobby can. Firmino and his teeth. <laughs> and his very white teeth. His very straight, white, balanced-out uh, teeth. Bizarre. Um, left a um, couple of incoming midfielders, Alexis McAllister and mm. then... Um, I think it's Alexi. Alexi McAllister. And then another guy whose name I can't pronounce, Dominic Zuboschle. Hungarian, correct? Yes, he's yeah. the... 22-year-old midfielder, captain for Hungary. Very interesting. If you look at Klopp's time with uh, Liverpool, he's been slow to integrate new players into the lineup. Um, Andy Robertson, Fabinho um, weren't automatic. That's two people. Fabinho and Andy (laughs) Robertson were not automatic starters with the team. Um, Thiago Alcantara was not. Well, kind Eh, of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think he's I not, think I mean, it's more of the midfield. He's been reluctant to. True. Yeah, I think McAllister starts pretty much automatically. Uh, yeah, I think it's very clear how he slots into the system. Um, Dominic less so. I think he's more of an attacking style midfielder. Dominic Calvert Lewin. Yeah, <laughs> DCL <laughs> coming into the. I oh, I suspect it'll take him a little bit longer to get integrated, but uh. Yeah, I think it starts out with uh, Luis Diaz, Cody Gakpo, Salah front three. Um, I forgot about Diaz. Yeah, yeah, he was injured a lot last year, two spells of injury, and then probably starts with uh, Curtis Jones, Fabinho, and McAllister. In yeah, the Curtis midfielder. Jones had a really good summer. He had, he had, yeah, he um, somehow he was the player of the yeah. game yeah. in the semifinals. Or in the quarterfinals and the final and didn't win player of the tournament. How about that?
0: How about that?
1: Yeah. So he had a great end to the season and a great summer in the U21 Euros. Uh, So I I suspect he'll start out the season. Um, Yeah. Any hot takes for the Women's World Cup? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh. um it'll be exciting to see marta play in her last uh world cup she's a oh, brazilian yeah. player i think this is her eighth women's world cup it's something insane. fucking insane, it's insane right yeah so um marta in her day was uh a fucking banger she yeah. was really really good she's kind of like the the brazilian
0: ronaldo of the women's team yeah
1: totally yeah, yeah. Um, but, but
0: didn't get out of shape and really fat yeah, towards exactly. the end of their career. Um, but yeah, the popularity is there. We're actually, if I can give a little Star Wars plug. At the end Please of this, do, yeah. because
1: uh, Austra- Are you going to mention the Australian women's team no. in this plug? Oh, okay, we're we, done uh, talking no. soccer?
0: So the uh, the uh, Women's World Cup is in Australia, New Zealand. I work for an Australian whiskey called Star Wars, and we are doing two watch parties for the American team <laughs> at Green Post oh, cool. here in Chicago. And on Wednesday, July 26th, the game against the netherlands which should be a good game oh yeah we are giving away a custom usa vintage 1994 yes. denim jersey <laughs> yeah so if you want to win a, oh, man, a vintage so cool. jersey with your name and number of choice on the back no I'm,
1: 69 allowed this is uh, not joking around well, we can go 69 you got to get one through 11 be cool okay or no number or, that, or 23 for the year okay fine all right anyway
0: but if you want to win a jersey come to the watch party it starts around 8 p.m at the green post on july 26th to watch the u.s and the netherlands we only have two american primetime games here over in in the u.s the first and second game of the u.s team then for that none of the games will be on i think before 7 a.m for uh, central standard time great i think their third game against portugal is at like 3 a.m our time interesting so the first two games are at 8 p.m against uh vietnam vietnam and netherlands interesting we're doing watch party for the the vietnam game but there's only cocktails and a small raffle prize but on the twenty sixth, come win a jersey
1: wow that's cool man i'm gonna show my whole ass on this one but arsenal uh have a uh a dutch number 10 like attacking midfielder who's incredible God, I cannot remember their name. But anyways, yeah, Netherlands will be fun to watch. England and New aus- signing? Huh? New signing? No, I think she's been on that team for Oh, a while. sorry. Women's. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah she had yeah, no don't, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um gosh. She, yeah. she had ACL tear recently, yeah. but I think she's back for the Women's World Cup. Yeah. Uh but England, Australia, and Denmark, I think are fun teams to watch. Yep. I agree. Any Everton? Any Everton stuff you have? Oh, just like Ashley Young, baby. <laughs> We don't have any money right
0: now. We're all tied up into some real estate. They released Tom Davies. No, he just didn't sign. He had the option to. Brittany's oh, very sad wow. about it. Yeah, she actually offered that was to. Was her favorite player, and I'll hold off on this conversation. Like um, it was her favorite player, but yeah, he's not coming back. Um, he's not signed with the team either. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Is there a chance that he could come back?" I'm like, "Not really, but yes, theoretically, yes, there could be, but." Probably, I mean, he probably signs it
1: for a championship, championship team, right? Or
0: um, the Rangers were interested in him in Scotland. Oh. Yeah, there's some uh, Serie A teams as well, but unfortunately,
1: yeah, just one of those kind of guys that was a club legend. You know, yeah. been around since he was 11 years old or 10 years old. J- he'll join. Uh, he'll go to Rangers and join like 10 Chelsea casts off and five Liverpool cast-offs.
0: But tonight we got a uh, U.S. Panama for the Gold Cup semifinals.
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> I did, <laughs> forgot about that. Watch party. Yeah. I'll be at AJ Hudson's if anybody wants to join me. What uh, what channel is it on? Like CBS Sports or some Fox bullshit. Sports like,
0: 1, I believe, God, has been programming. Awful. Yeah. We have it through Sling TV. Anyway, Matt, thanks for coming back. Um, thanks for bringing <sighs> some Dancing Goat. Go buy Dancing Goat uh, wherever you can across the United States. You guys sell online and shit? Yeah.
1: Sealbox.com. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Oh, man, I should have mentioned them first. Liquor Barn of Illinois. Oh, great. Also, you great can buy a Great yeah. Yeah. Seal Box, good. Liquor Barn Liquor better.
0: Barn, even gooder. Oh, wow. I love how you said that. Excellent phrasing there. Uh, be sure to check out our other podcasts. We have 229 others. Good God. <laughs> you can listen to. Uh, go to com or wherever you find podcasts. And uh, thank you for listening. Bye.